0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Chicago, Illinois, and suburbs portion of our podcast. Uh, I'm your host Steve, and as always, I'm here with EJ.
1: Hey everybody!
0: How's it going? I'm waiting for them to respond. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, we're glad you to are. hear it. Glad, glad you're doing to hear well. It, yeah. But we're going to be talking about. Uh, I think something that will be really interesting for everybody. Yeah. Um, because I'm a politics nerd, it might bore the hell out of you, to be honest. But <laughs> what happened was uh, we were at uh, Northside DFA uh, right. this week. That's and that we Democracy are, for America. Yes, it's a group that was for started by Howard oh, Dean. Howard that Dean, guy. formerly Dean for America, has yeah. transitioned over. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good organization. One of the sort of biggest grassroots political organizations yeah. in Chicago. Um, but uh, they had a special panel this week. Where they had three uh, new aldermen Freshman and alderman. one veteran alderman. Yeah. So um, Daniel Espada, uh,
1: Maria Haddon, and your alderman. Yes, was there Matt so Martin? Matt Martin was there. So the three freshmen. I I should know his name. His sticker's right on your laptop there. And then right. alderman Smith was there. <sighs> yes, uh, as well. So really a great panel. Yeah, a great panel because we get different views. They're from different
0: parts of the city. Uh, different experiences coming up, yeah, and it, it really gave some insight on how corrupt Chicago politics has been, why it's been that way, and um, also like how things are changing, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if you are definitely if you're somebody from Chicago, this is going to be a lot more valuable to you. But I think like as if you're just like f- politics and like how corruption actually works. I think it's it's going to be interesting for yeah. you as well. So, it, And,
1: you know, it's interesting that you and I took slightly different things away from that panel. Okay. And I can't decide which one of us is supposed to be the cynical one. But I... I <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day. Yeah, I guess it depends on the day and level of existential dread. But I took a lot away from it around, not necessarily the corruption side of it, but sort of... The tradition of consolidating power, where it could be used
0: in, a, cr- yeah, in yeah. a corrupt it's, intent, it's not unrelated. I think we're you know we're yeah. d- I think we're both thinking about a lot of the same things, just yeah. you know, we've been talking about a little bit different terms. But um, like yeah. one of the things I kind of thought this is like phantom limb syndrome was kind of the metaphor of this is like you had aldermen who came into office to replace, in one case, an al- uh, a previous alderman who has been indicted. Right uh, in the case of La Spada uh, right. replacing Brocco uh, uh, Proc- Joe, Brocco Joe, um, that guy. <laughs> and so, and I, you know, and I'm not going to get into who said what about what politicians because you know, they, while yep. this was nominally a public event, I don't want to like you know throw people on right. the bus or try to quote them or anything like that. Um, but they were talking about some of the th- examples of corruption, and one of the things was they would get emails from uh, uh, contractors who are looking for zoning changes. Yeah. And they would get these emails that were they had originally been sent to previous aldermen. They were sort of following the same pattern of send this email asking about a zoning change, and then at the bottom saying, "And we're looking forward to the alderman's next fundraiser." Right. Now <laughs> Not like that, saying we're giving you a bunch of money? But is that saying, like illegal? No. No. But it's certainly
1: shady. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> And like, please add me to the list of people who will absolutely buy tickets for the next fundraiser. Yes. Here's my credit card information. Yes.
0: And then you had things like an alderman who had been paying parking tickets for people who had been uh, giving a person money for their groceries, who had reached out to the new alderman asking about, you know, getting money for their groceries. Well, that you You can't do that. That's not, that's buying votes. That's, that's actually like, that is, that on the other hand is not legal. Yeah. Now, but at the same time, I'm like, how's that person paying for the groceries now? Like, it's this weird, like. Uh, It is a weird,
1: it is a weird thing. And I know my old alderman, two aldermen ago, uh, used to talk about how he, lamented the fact that people wanted to stop him from fixing parking tickets. Yeah. Right. And this is certainly the old Chicago way. Right. This is when people who are not here in Chicago and you're listening to this and I really appreciate you sticking with us. Think about Chicago politics. They think about you know it's eh, favors everywhere. We're doing things for people. You've got really tight reins on things and hearing uh, these freshmen (laughs) <laughs> These freshmen kind of saying two of them, one of them uh, again. Matt Martin you know, took over for Mayapuar, and there was already a cultural shift there. I yes. think, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the forty seventh. Yeah. yeah, and
0: yeah, Pawar had taken over for, um, which actually it's interesting. Is like as we talk about this, I'm thinking about that previous alderman differently. Uh, I forget it was Gene Schulter was the yes. previous alderman. Yes, it was. And when he retired, he sort of anointed one of his people to follow him. Yeah. And I remember that the guy, when he was putting out all of his campaign literature, or whatever, it was very much appealing to older residents of the ward and like the, s- the notion of the, s- the ward's service to them. And I'm now wondering like how many of those people were getting their groceries paid for. I mean, I don't know. And I don't want to accuse yeah. shelter of doing shady stuff, but like in the context of all this other stuff where it was just like, that's just how things worked for so long. Right. Who knows what right. was going on? And it reflects the culture of
1: Chicago politics started by Elder Daily, to say, I'm gonna do things on the city level, I'm gonna give the aldermen as much power as possible to do things on the local level and let them do whatever. Right. Right. And that has led us to
0: this point. Yes, where we had yeah, and it was much more of an emphasis on the mini mayor aspect of yeah. Alderman rather than the city council element. Because if they weren't Part of, you know so if they, and this gets into the next part of this, which I found very fascinating, is they were talking about things like how does a law get made in Chicago, and so if you you know we think about laws getting written and we typically think about like the federal level, right? We think about okay, yeah. you know, congressmen have their staffers and their staffers are writing bills and there's you know congressional there's like there's actually a, a office within Congress dedicated to helping to craft legislation. So what we have in Chicago, which I found out at this conversation, was there is an office within the mayor's office that will help you write yeah, legislation. The legislative law office. Yes, But there is nothing at the alderman level. The aldermen don't have uh, support for the staff. They don't have the funds to pay for that staff. They and do not. And there is no office within sort of the city council generally that does that, at least not in—it's one of the things they have talked about adding. But So if you're an alderman— and you want to change the system? <laughs> you want to put a law together? Great, good on you. So you can pay a, an attorney. Well, find first of all to find a city who has uh, or a city somebody who has experience with doing city law. Yeah, which is its own thing. And then you have to find a way to pay for them, which those lawyers probably not too cheap. No, they um, Or you can go to the city, and you can use their common office that does this, if they like you. Yeah. That was an amazing thing to hear. Yeah, like
1: that, you know, saying if you find a sympathetic ear, yeah,
0: in that office to help you out, and so that means if you're doing something that's actively not favored by the incumbent mayor, they're not going to help you because that might hurt their job, right? Right. Whether they like you or not, Um, you know. So there's like all of these ways that power was focused on the mayor's office in ways that I had no idea. I, and so we neither. talk about like how loyal aldermen have been to the mayor's office. Well that's why. Yeah. What else are you going to be able to
1: do? Right. And now I think the cool thing about this was them saying you know, the freshman aldermen who don't have any really other context for this said, well but the, you know, the mayor's office is kind of working with us and, you know, talking and, and I guess, you know, we said we weren't going to attribute to specific aldermen, but it, the one veteran alderman, Alderman Smith, said it's completely different now yeah, yeah. under Lightfoot than under Rom.
0: Yeah, and she gave some great history around, like, <laughs> back in the Daily era. So she actually goes back to Daily, yeah. as I understand it. So um, back in the Daily era, like, when legislation was coming down from the mayor's office, aldermen weren't even briefed. Right. Like, like they, the- were, they weren't told anything. Yeah. Um, a, a revolution when Rom came into office was they were they told. Got, they got briefings. They weren't able to do anything about it. There wasn't no, no. any sort of like, you know, back and forth about what might be possible. It was just told. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that's changing with Lightfoot is that she's actually apparently in this, you know, according to these, the, the aldermen or whatever, that she's much more willing to talk about right. things and, and negotiate. And, and, that kind and of thing. for those of you in Chicago who don't know, Alderman Smith
1: is the alderman of the 43rd ward. Uh, she has been alderman since 2011. So okay, so she
0: doesn't, is that, no, I guess it does go back to, yeah, it goes back to early, like late daily.
1: Yeah, it's late daily, late daily, early ROM. Yeah. So, I, you know, she's been around the city a long time. She's got a law degree from the University of Chicago. Yeah. Um, and she's the head of the ethics
0: Committee, yes. the newly formed ethics yes. committee, and the ethics committee is a major shift as well. It's a huge um, deal, yeah. Huge I mean, deal. so a lot of the rules that we've seen come out uh, reforming uh, the the powers of the aldermen, where they have more. Uh, they're consulted on things, but they don't have the same power they did before to sort of derail things single handedly. They can't, you know. There's, I mean, they still have some powers. Um, you know, it'll be interesting in the long run to see how that balance plays out and you know where yeah. aldermen want to stop something for genuinely good reasons for their community that's going to be different than you know where it's like hey if you use my law office I can get this done for you very subtle Burke reference yeah. there and, and, and thank you for your signature uh, line on your email that says you'll be at my next fundraiser right yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly well, I just, it's in
1: my signature the, uh, you know, they talked about uh, and I thought that this was really interesting and very telling again right we uh, there were a couple times where they were talking about committee votes where what the right answer was seemed pretty obvious you know we're going to we're going to move something out of committee around oversight or ethics reform and you've got sort of a few different camps and one camp is the you know this is my bill or whatever and I'm, I'm going to try to push it forward or you know I'm the chairperson of this, this committee and I'm trying to push this thing forward. You've got the sort of old school machine folks who are trying to hold it back through procedural methods and they're, they're doing all kinds of different things. And then you have sort of that freshman group who's like, why are we still here? Yeah. I think that was, that was something that got some laughs, as it should, but also very telling, like, wait, hold on. This seems like the obvious answer. Why are we wasting everybody's time? Yeah. with silly procedural stuff to hold and, back something and that's, that's probably that, going to happen. That was the
0: thing in itself: is we're yeah. wasting time. You know, we're trying to you know hold this back, and you know, and ultimately, what's nice is that a lot of those you know ethics changes have gotten through. Um, another thing it was interesting to hear them talk about is how oversight works. Yeah, or that oversight is a thing that can work because it's not something that's internally been done. So, like, there are different committees within the city council that have oversight of different aspects of city government. Yes. Um, and so, like, there's, like, one committee that's responsible for, uh, you know, the, the things like the Chicago Public Library or those for the, the park CTA. District, yeah. Or, yeah. And that's,
1: I think, the committee for uh, special events. Yeah, for the parks and Cultural and, all that. and yeah, special yeah.
0: events, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so they don't necessarily have a lot of teeth to do things, but they at least have the ability to like have somebody come out and embarrass them publicly about things. Yeah. And like, there was a great uh, story about um, I'm forgetting what the context of this was, but basically somebody who was supposed to get some something signed off on or was something they're supposed to get started for one of the schools. I think it was. Yeah. It was like, and um, so they and they hadn't been doing it, hadn't been doing it. And finally, they get them up before this committee because they're now trying to do some oversight. And they're like, uh, "So why didn't you do this?" And the guy literally responded, "Oh, I just forgot." Or I mean, was it? It was like it was yeah. like that. Like like I just didn't get around to it, or my bad. Right. It was not like he had any good, reasonable explanation for why it didn't happen. He just literally just did not do his job. Yeah. <laughs> just sorry, busy washing yeah. my hair that day. Well, and that's you know, and that's part of you know when I talk about corruption and things like that like that's that's the side effects of corruption right there is yeah. somebody who can phone in their job for years and years and years presumably i mean i don't know who this guy is and what his role right. is and all that but maybe
1: he's awesome 99.9 percent of the right time maybe just, you know
0: you know maybe he's got some other stuff going on in his life totally get that you know but um, uh, corruption allows for people to be in positions that they probably shouldn't be or you know they're put yeah. there for the wrong reasons yep. and um and it and it and it creates a sense of Dysfunction for people with their government, and they're less likely to participate in their government, et cetera, et cetera, because of that sort of negative yeah. vibe that they get from, that. yeah yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of sort of
1: discomfort as oversight is done, assuming it keeps happening yeah right and and let's be clear like the the freshman group of of aldermen is is small, right, but they can make a difference if they're on the right committees. Right, and one of the things that was talked about was the ComEd franchise agreement, which is a really, I mean, that whole relationship is pretty interesting in terms of ComEd and Exelon, who generates the, you know, there's the generation and there's the delivery.
0: Right, so a little background on this is that, so the city has a contract with ComEd to provide power delivery to the city. Now, power generation theoretically is a separate company. But most of the power comes from Exelon, which is owned by ComEd. So it's all the same stockholders, let's say, even if yeah. they're two separate entities. And the theory being that you as a ComEd customer can get power supplied by a different provider if you choose to do it. Right. But That's why there are people knocking on your door occasionally right. saying, can I see your electricity bill? Yeah. Plus some scam artists around that yes. too. Yes. Well, so I, I, I yeah. thought that was the same. Right. Um, well, you know, and actually I had, uh, gone to like an alternative supplier for my power, just trying that out. And it was, and it was like, seemed great at first, but then it was like, it was one of those deals where like, if you signed to a contract for a period of time, it was a good deal. But if you just let it sort of roll, it became a bad deal fairly quickly. Um... Did you get some airline miles
1: and HBO with
0: that? Uh, no, it was, uh, you know, trying to, like, get, like, wind. It was actually, like, to get wind power or something I like see. that. So, so, and so you can make those choices, but ultimately most people just go with, and I now go with, the, the standard default provider um, from the city, which is Exelon. Um, and so, like, they were talking in this committee meeting trying to figure out, like, well, what is ComEd providing yeah. and what are they doing? And there was a push to make them, uh, you know, make sure they have more renewables. And they're like, so how much of your energy you generate is renewable? And ComEd's like, nah, nah, I don't know. you know, It's hard yeah. to tell. And, da, 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 da. and it turns out the number's around 17%. Um, now, Exelon is not just in, like, they're based in Chicago, but they're not exclusively in Chicago. Like, right. So the, these numbers for their power generation are, like, national. But 62% of their power comes from nuclear power, which kind of surprised me. Um Then 29% comes from either natural gas or oil. Most of it from natural gas. And then only 9% of it comes from some sort of renewable, either hydro, wind, or solar. Um, And then they also have like some very small fraction of percent that's about landfill emissions. That was my
1: favorite one, actually. That's like, I want to sign up for the, I only want to be powered by rotting garbage. (laughs) That's right. It's
0: going to be
1: perfect. (laughs) It'll be like the time machine and back to the future yeah just dump everything into mr fusion
0: and so you know this is a situation where the you know there's a lot of power that the city has to affect climate change by the decisions that are made in the next year and we're talking about a contract signed 27 years ago so you know could they apply pressure to ComEd to say you have to get your uh from renewable sources you know nominally most of that comes from Exelon but if if ComEd is under an obligation to provide renewable power that falls back to Exelon yeah yeah so yeah.
1: so again i mean i i really found the whole conversation very interesting <clears throat> and them talking about the things they like about the job and the things that they don't you know things they were surprised about things they weren't so surprised about um but i took away from that a general sense of There are people who want to make a change, and I think they see an ally in the mayor's office. And, you know, it would be one thing to have sort of a group of, you know, freshmen who are like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing, and it's going to be great, and the mayor's going to back us up. But hearing the veteran, you know, Alderman Smith kind of, you know, sort of nodding her head and saying, yeah, this is... A difference. Things are different now than they were before. Yeah, that makes it feel slash seem like there is an opportunity for real change yeah. in the culture. So yeah, and, it, and
0: you know, and if and if we have those changes in the culture, then that can drive actual like positive improvements. And I think yeah. like you know, we let's get real. Is that you know, for all of that, we have some seen some positive changes. That it seems like everybody is like, or that a good chunk of the 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 city council is willing to make some good positive changes. We still have big budget problems that are going to come to yeah. ahead here in uh, about 10 days. Oh boy. 30th, 31st, 10, nine, 11, 12 days, something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's going to be, <laughs> um, a you know, so we'll see how this all plays yeah. out, but um, I think the 30th, right? So state it, of the it's city, labor day, address. labor day weekend. Yeah. State <laughs> of the city
1: address where mayor Lightfoot's going to come out and say like, we're short about a billion dollars. Yeah, here's how we're going to try to fix it. Um, yeah. So
0: I, but, but <laughs> it's going to be te- taxpayers hold on to your wallets because yeah, it's exactly. Get, get Existential fear comes back in,
1: right? Yeah. Um, back to that. Uh, uh, but you know, all of that. Again, all of that being said, but I mean, it, it feels the, like the we'll thing know of it is, is like it. that
0: was going to be the case if we had Rahm Emanuel mm-hmm. and we had the the that centralized power and and potentially corrupt nature of the city now at least we have a more transparent system we have um you know it seems like people willing to work together to find better solutions for the whole city so there's there's hope yeah even if we have a lot of existential dread to go with it so yeah sigh (laughs) Uh, related to this uh uh uh, Lightfoot appointed uh, Maurice Cox as the new commissioner of planning and development. Uh, he actually uh, did a lot of good work in Detroit. Uh, one of his kind of core concepts there was the notion of a 20 minute neighborhood, meaning that like wherever you lived in the city, that you should always be within 20 minutes of certain like key resources. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that would be a really great approach um, to how Chicago works um, certainly where I'm at, I have, you know, immediate access to the key beer resources, which is great. Um, <laughs> that's true. You uh, do. You yes. really, really so, do. you know, I like that way of thinking and, uh, you know, so it'll be good. It's just another good sign about things to come if we have the resources to do the right things. So, yeah. And, and let
1: me say this, like to know how impactful he's been on Detroit, you can see that when the announcement was made, lots of people in Detroit were upset. You know, he has brought urban planning back to Detroit in a way that they hadn't seen it in a while. He came yeah. to Lane before that, um, so I, I think that's really positive. Uh, the other kind of interesting thing that came out this week was about the casino plan. So, a a, a neutral third party, neutral third party. I kind of feel like nobody's neutral in casino stuff. Neutral-ish, yeah. Uh, but did a feasibility study based on the locations that were kind of laid out in the laws, and they kind of said. None of these locations are profitable, and nobody okay. will finance them. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mayor Lightfoot came and said, "Yeah, of course." That's what I said. Like the her her position was, I told you already when you were working all this stuff out that the way the state law is written is not going to be conducive to actually building a casino and financing it and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I think the very short version of this which is really not on brand for us, but the very short version of this (laughs) is, I think the Chicago casino stuff is back, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Like they've got to, they've got to make some changes. You know, people were kind of, you know, tacitly positive about it. Like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. But, um, that report was pretty, pretty damning in terms of the, the chances that a project would actually get funded. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course we're keeping an eye on you know and that's
0: you know we're talking about like that's one of the sort of weird aspects of looking to a casino as a way to you know get us out of a budget hole yeah. is that you're 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 handing over a very profitable enterprise to some company you know it's like who will then and ultimately you know feeds gambling addiction and other other you know crime problems that tend to develop around casinos like so it's not without cost to us in other ways um, so I mean, uh, you know, it, it's 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 funny. he's like, oh yeah, we need this, and then like we need to have we need to have it be convinced somebody else to come in and spend their money on it. Like, right. Right. I mean, granted, I don't want you know the city of Chicago uh, owned and sponsored casino because that would be a little weird. It and would if be. We're a talking about weird. corruption. The rest of this I <laughs> podcast to be like, oh, that what could possibly go wrong? I, know.
1: <laughs> I can't see any flaw in this plan. At right. all. Right. I consider it a total victory. So, of course, uh, we are keeping our eye on things with the teachers union and whatnot, but there was weirdly radio silence. Yeah, there's week, not a that.
0: lot going on. I think we we know sort of the outlines of it until yeah. until we get closer to the deadlines. Uh, you know, parents just have to kind of, you know, have a little existential I mean, threat about all of it. And School starts in two weeks. Yeah, what could possibly go so, wrong? What could possibly
1: go wrong? So, you know... Typically, the Chicago local side, um, we talk about beer first.
0: That's we true. That we didn't do that. And That's
1: I don't terrible. want to interrupt our flow, but we did. Well, no, I think we should interrupt
0: our flow. We're interrupting our flow beer. with a flow of beer.
1: Yes. From Empirical
0: Brewery. Yes. We're at the Empirical Brewery, uh, one, the third closest to my home, which is nice. Um, you can now triangulate me based on beer locations. Not so, really. now. Well, no. Um, no, you actually yeah. can't. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I was just thinking about that. Could I? No, no, no you cannot. No, no, I really uh, cannot. Because they're all in a line, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. It does make it a little harder. So, empiricals uh, at
1: Foster and Foster and Ravenswood. And Ravenswood. It's um, a cool setting. They got a bunch of board games I didn't see before. So maybe after we're done, we can maybe get in a quick game of Stratego. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's just always look a good. Look out one. for the spy. Look That's right.
0: Spy. you got to watch out for the spy. Uh,
1: but the beer is um, really great. All of the beers are kind of named of scientific terms yes, here. So
0: mine is the Symbiotic, um, and I've had a couple variations of this. So they had one that was a tequila barrel-aged, one that was delicious. This is their Black Current, uh, and it's basically a Berliner Weiss base, yeah. and then they just do different flavors. And just imbue it with things. Yes, yes. Uh,
1: I, I have a uh, Proton. It's a... Their Session IPA. I was going all hops today. You know, if you listen. That's so rare for you. Yeah, I know. It's very, very on brand for me. Um, But they both just looked really good and uh, excellent. So I've had two beers today, the Proton and the Covalence. The Covalence is a hazy. This Proton is a Sessionable Session IPA. Uh, Really good. It's crisp. It's light. It's just kind of what I needed after your birthday party last night. Yes, um, uh, a good way to rehydrate and <laughs> wait no, <laughs> wait, no, uh, but really good, and uh, the location is cool. They've got some couches, they've got you know kind of long
0: kind of communal tables. They've got the games that I was talking yeah, there's, about There's been a couple dogs in and out. I've, I've been here a few times, and there's almost always at least one dog hanging out here, so that's always good. Bummer. are you looking for a dog? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But come on by to Empirical. I, yes. I, I highly recommend it. I'm going to come back here again. I am sure. Again, you know,
0: I, we we highly recommend most of the bars that we go to. But but that's the, we come by it honestly. Like we're not just like yeah. we're not we're not sponsored by in these bars. But you know, there's actually. But I just, we could be. We, we could are be. for sale, well, you know, guys. Let's be good. That'd be. Good. be know, honestly, I'd settle for them giving us an iTunes review. Frankly, that's that's <laughs> <fine>. Yeah. That's. <laughs> true. Uh, true but uh you know i think i just love the the feel of the tap rooms like it's always like yeah. a very casual you know hang out i love a lot of the tap rooms i see like families there where it's just like you know take the kids out they're playing around with their ipads or whatever parents are having a couple beers like i just you know it's just nice and yeah um you know whereas i feel like a, just a, a bar has a, a little different feel to it like right we're out drinking whereas like here just like. Having a casual beer. Things yes. are being produced here. Yes. Yes. Like the economy is yes. humming. It's the In- hum of industry. Industry. Yes, yes
1: exactly. And, and I've gotta say, one of the best things about this podcast has been going to the different tap rooms, places yes. I probably wouldn't have gone to without sort of being forced to find some place new all the time. Yeah. And that's been that's been really cool. Um And everybody's been really welcoming and, you know, people asking us questions about the podcast when we're doing it uh, has started good conversations. As we said, you know, when we started the podcast that, you know, being in a bar and talking about politics tends to be disarming for people and opens it up. And it's it's happened. So that's
0: been that's been really great. Yes. So anyhow. uh, So back to politics, I guess. Since we covered our beer. Uh, and we've talked about Chicago, uh, on to, we didn't have any real suburbs news this week. No, um, not really. if you do have some suburbs news for us, be sure to like, uh, post on Facebook or, uh, you know, you can email us off our website, lots of different options there, but, uh, lacking that, we'll just talk briefly about what's going on in Illinois. And, uh, Jesse White, who's been the secretary of state, uh, for quite a while since, uh, George Ryan, I believe, is the previous one who ended up going to jail because that's what our governors do. Um, but uh, Jesse White isn't going to jail. He's just simply uh, choosing to not run for reelection in 2022. So uh, that's going to open up the field to everybody. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, I have to imagine it's going to play a lot like what we saw with the, the governor's race where it's, you know, the dozen people running for the office. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder if, like, you know, social media and a lot of that stuff has changed, has fundamentally changed the nature of those races. Whereas, like, more people think they have a shot than yeah. they would have historically. Because yeah. historically, it was like you had to, like, you know, get connected with the, the party. And so there was only so many people who were really going to reach that level.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I, and, you know, I think we see the same thing in, this, in the state's attorney uh, the, the state's attorney races, right? So, yeah. like Kim Fox being challenged by everybody now. I think that's, yeah, we're gonna see more competition there, and I, I can only imagine competition is a good thing. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the
0: state fair? <laughs> yes, we can. I, so I, we I threw it those before. in the notes because it's completely yeah. like it's one of those just like ludicrous things. I, I love state fairs. Uh, I love state fairs. We talked last
1: time about how,
0: you know, we, we the talked Iowa about buttercows, fair, and, yeah. and, and things with sticks in them. Yeah. So.
1: Butter cow on a stick, fried, deep fried. So yeah. So
0: uh, um, yeah. So uh, apparently, uh, M.K. Pritzker, the wife of J.B. Pritzker, because neither one of them is allowed to have a first name. I realize. That's like, no. <laughs> how uh, so they keep a low profile, right? Uh, but apparently, she bought the grand champion steer for seventy-five thousand dollars, outbidding her husband. Okay, like it's all the same pool of money, people. I mean, like this is this is absurd. <laughs> Um, what I want to know is, okay, so apparently Rauner, when he was governor, would yeah. also buy the champion steer. What, what are they doing with these I, I don't know. I mean, I
1: mean, Rauner in Chicago lives in a high rise, right? So I don't, right. I don't think you can get that. Maybe you get the service yep. elevator. You take it up. Right. Yeah. Why not? I, I don't, I don't know.
0: Uh, and so then if anybody knows. Prinsker, I mean, like Pritzker has like a horse farm, right? But does he also have like a steer farm? Is that is the same? Is, that, is, is the same is steer- thing? Is the steer just going to be a burger? Like, you know, I, I I don't know how that works. I'm not I'm not a farm person. I'm very much a city dweller, um, <laughs> so I don't know. Are they go- They're not going to milk the steer. I know that. I know that's not how that works. Uh, s- stop. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good. So if anybody uh, knows what's happening
1: to the steer, let us know. Right. Uh, we happy to have the steer have any, on the if podcast. If we have any farm folk listening in, yeah.
0: please let us know. We can, uh, we can interview the steer. Um, one of the other random things from the state fair that amused the hell out of me. So basically what happens is they have these competitions for oh, like yeah. different farm products, and there's a, sure. a grand champion for each one of these things. And there One of them is. was the grand champion cheddar. Grand champion cheddar went for $600. I'm like now I don't know how big of a wheel of cheese the Grand Champion cheddar is, but that seems like an awful lot of money for cheese.
1: Well wait a minute. What if you're the person who produced that and you're like, hold on, where's the bidding
0: war on the cheese here, people? Right. I mean, you know, the steers goes for seventy five thousand. My yeah. cheese I, I mean, that's gotta be at least worth to be fair, grand, right? If you made the cheese once, you can probably make it again, whereas the steer's the steer. Like, you're done. That's true. It's not not you that's know. true. Well
1: maybe they could <laughs> Slice of that Grand Champion cheddar on top of the Champion Steer Burger. There you go.
0: Oof. Most expensive burger ever. <laughs> and the Grand Champion bun, I assume. I, 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 I have sorry. to assume there is a bun yeah. competition uh, where they also, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Maybe we should wrap that up. then. <laughs> Probably. I, I, don't I, I don't think I can go anywhere positive no. at this point. um. <laughs> So, yeah, so not a lot to talk about uh, Illinois politics this week. Uh, we don't know the fate of the – what happens to the butter cow? I don't – like – Melts? I, I, I guess. I That's mean, because so, uh, it's got to be in a temperature-controlled environment because
1: otherwise it melts. Uh, yeah, but I could take the butter from the butter cow and you I can cook the burger
0: in, in the, the butter, butter cow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then the bun also gets cooked in the yeah, butter. Like, yeah, like, you know, yeah.
0: like put a little oil on the bun you know, grill yeah. that up, toast it that. up nicely. Could see that. That would be a very stressful burger to make. Because, like, you've got to get that right. Oh, yeah.
1: You only get one shot then at Then who this. eats the burger? Well, J.B. Pritzker, I guess. Oh, of but course, that's yeah.
0: Or whoever wins the <laughs> hot dog eating competition. Right. There's got to be a competition Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> the grand champion hot dog eater <laughs> gets to, gets to, wins the competition and thus gets the right to eat the best burger eat at another, the Eat another, another thing. Which will be served yeah. on a stick. Honesty, it has to be by law.
1: So, you know, I thank think you that, for joining us, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> the next time we'll we'll get back with indictment. Uh, you know, there are still lots of legal sure proceedings going, of on, going on, going uh, on from our various here. and sundry representatives. But no new updates this week. We'll get back to that. I'm sure we're going to have school and suburban updates. We've got people in the courts. Back to our regularly scheduled programming next time. So, thanks everybody for joining. You. Have
0: a great day. Take care, everybody.